Welcome back to the Figure It Out Friday podcast, sponsored by Snapple. Today, we have the last episode, episode number three of our three-part series, where we will be discussing how people can use human geography to grapple with global changes and problems faced today by society. Today, in our third and final episode, we will be talking about globalization and how it can be used to understand and solve problems today. I'm once again going to be joined by my two good friends, Matt Conley and Mike Leary. What's up, boys? Looking forward to the episode today. Should be a banger. We are discussing my favorite topic, globalization. Yes, we saved the best for last, so let's get right into it. For all the viewers at home, globalization is the process by which businesses or other organizations develop international influence or start operating on an international scale. The major conflict for today in the world with globalization is regionalization. Yes, regionalization is a lot like globalization, but it's meant to separate places into different regions instead of connecting everything into one big world. The main, main examples of this conflict between globalization and realization is in what, called, what we call transnational corporations, which is a company that operates in multiple countries. Speaking of countries that operate in multiple countries, an example of this would be our sponsor for today, Snapple. Snapple is a part of a large company called Krug Dr. Pepper which is a globalized company that operates in most parts of the world. What Matt Conley meant to say was cure Dr. Pepper. They're regionalized due to the fact that in certain parts of the world, their products are different. For example, in America, they sell a ton of coffee products such as the hugely popular Green Mountain Coffee, while in Great Britain, they sell more of their tea products to appeal to the population of England better. Yeah, that is the key conflict between regionalization and globalization. All companies would love to basically just copy and paste what works for them into one area and put it into another area. That would just not work. Uh, let's take Starbucks, for example. And they, what we look at, they tried to expand into Italy. But the coffee culture in Italy is a lot different than it is here in the United States. In Italy, the, cult, the coffee culture is a lot like you get your coffee, you sit down, and you chat with your friends into a big open space. It's a lot more social. Or here in the States, it's you get your coffee and you get out of there. So Starbucks tried to go into Italy and do the, and set up their business the way they do in the States, and it didn't work. So they had to adapt to make their restaurants more open and to give them a lot more seats and chairs so uh, you could talk with your friends. Yeah, and another example of this was when McDonald's moved their business to India and had to tailor their product more towards the Indian citizens. This included using a non-beef burger to satisfy the religious beliefs that the cow is a sacred animal. By doing this, they were able to sustain a stable business in a very culturally strict region and expand their influence. There are many countries that actually try to keep foreign influences out. For example, Japan did not want Matthew Perry to open it up to the public. And in a more recent example, France tried to keep Nike and Jordan out of their country. Places like this are just are trying to keep these other cultures out because they believe that the other cultures are engaging in cultural imperialism. Cultural imperialism is one country invading another country's culture by inserting its culture into the other, usually less powerful countries. Obviously, the country whose culture is being invaded usually does not like this, and will most of the time at least resist the new culture. Yeah, and today there's actually a term for when uh, America does this to other countries. It's called Americanization. It is basically inserting American films, clothing, music, and other things into their cultures. 
This is not bad on its own, but when economics and human geographers from other countries have aimed charges at the United States for saying that they are cultural in, they're using cultural imperialism to increase demand for their products abroad and make themselves more money. The main problem with cultural imperialism is the imperialism part of it. The imperialism part of it will create an unequal relationship between these two countries' cultures, with the more powerful invading culture gaining a lot of influence. Theoretically, this influence could later be used down the line to give a lot of advantages to this country politically, which is the fear of many countries when trying to keep other cultures out. And it's still a huge topic of argument today and will still be for the near future. While well, cultural imperialism is one large example of how globalization works, I think we should get to the major, major pros and cons of globalization as a whole. For sure. The major pros of globalization are that if used to its full potential, it could end or at least limit problems such as widespread hunger or poverty and can make this world a much better overall place to live in. The major cons of globalization are that it can be used to make the rich richer and the poor poorer. How workers in overseas jobs are treated, with child labor not being very uncommon, diseases spread a lot quicker due to increased travel, and that it isn't working to its full potential like Matt mentioned. Yeah, so if we take a closer look at the cons, most of them are due to the way that most companies will exploit their overseas workers and not follow the rules that have been agreed on in agreements made between nations. One easy way to fix these problems would be to just enforce the rules we have set for the companies. For example, companies that pay their workers very low wages in poor countries, such as Haiti, and then bypass by exploding tax havens, which are countries with low or inefficient taxes, could pay the, just, just the pay the workers more and pay proper taxes. And, theoretically, globalization would make would work a lot better. Unfortunately, neither of those are good business decisions, and not many transnational corporations will. Personally, I think that if globalization is utilized well and the rules are followed, it could be a great tool for pulling countries out of poverty. Basically, due to jobs being opened up and more trade worldwide, these factors will help stimulate economies and make more money for the country. This will make both the rich richer and the poor richer. This all depends, of course, on the idea that the corporations actually follow the rules. To make them do this, I think we should just make the punishments a lot heavier on businesses if they caught using children or even slave labor overseas to make their products. Jacob, I completely agree with you. But, to add on to what you said, a real-life example of globalization helping a country out is China. Due to the availability of many people who are willing to work for not much, many foreign investors came into China. This is why many products you have are made in China. They have a ton of workers willing to work and build products. The foreign investors in new jobs have pulled away many people in China and out of poverty, and overall decreased the levels of anger and poverty there. While I believe that globalization could and should work well in theory, I believe in reality the cons of globalization outweighed the pros of globalization. Since businesses are in other countries to make money and not to help those countries to get out of poverty, I think that I think due to this, globalization will never end up working out the way that everyone hopes it will. Even if we increase penalties for business, if it violates the if it violates the rules, they will still find a way to get through it. While I think globalization has a good sentiment, I think that I think you, I think that you are letting your decisions get corrupted in hopes of the results, almost like an army general who plans a huge attack in hopes of winning, 
the whole war, but ends up losing it all for them. And I know this doesn't really relate to globalization, but kind of just an analogy. Um, the whole theory of communism is that everyone works and they, everyone needs to work together and not be selfish for it to work. And it's kind of like globalization. And the reason communism never works is because you can still slack off and uh, your neighbors can kind of do everything for you. And just the fact that you don't necessarily have to do it, same with globalization, is the reason why it will never work. Exactly. It's good in theory, but doesn't usually yeah. work well in the real world. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks to everybody who tunes into the Figure It Out Friday podcast. And thanks for listening to the three-part human geography-based series we did. If you're new... I want you to put your head through that subscribe button. We would also like to thank our sponsor, Snapple, the drink that packs the most flavor and is extremely healthy for you, as well as being the most educational drink in the world, thanks to the Snapple Facts. All right, we'll see you tomorrow when we discuss the burning question on everyone's mind. What is lasagna? In a little cafe, just the other side.